Sabbath, everybody. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Good morning and happy Sabbath again to everybody. Amen. That was a little sporadic, but we know God is still good. Amen. And he is still faithful. We are so blessed and honored to be here today on this beautiful Sabbath morning. Amen. The holiday season. Amen. A season to be joyful. A season to be excited. But I understand to some this isn't an exciting time. But at the end of the day, we know God is still faithful and that God is still amazing. Yeah, let's put our hands together for our amazing God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, we want to extend a hearty welcome to you who are viewing with us online. We thank God for you. 
We know that you could click the button and go somewhere else, but we thank God that you have worshiped and you have chosen to worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath morning, for we truly serve an amazing God. Listen, I'm not going to stand before you long, but I do have a couple of announcements that I do, I do want to share with you, and I pray that it will make it to your calendar, a couple of them, the dates will make it to your calendar, and that we will see you present, amen, on these dates, amen. The first date we want you to be mindful of is December the 31st. Amen. December the 31st, this will be our special um, communion service, our communion slash New Year in. I know we say New Year's Eve, but this is our New Year in, amen, um, time where we will come together as a family and we'll celebrate, amen, what God has done and what God is doing and what God is about to do um, in the lives of his people. So we want to encourage you to mark your calendars for December the 31st. And also while it's on my mind, if I can see the deacons, the deaconesses, as well as the elders at the end of the service to my left, your right, um, I would appreciate that very much. Also, we want you to continue as you marking in your calendar. We want you to mark down the date, December 17th. Somebody say December 17th. Oh, that's going to be a special time right here in the house, amen, where we will have our concert, our Christmas concert, the praise team or the um, choir um, been rehearsing, they've been practicing, amen, and we have some original hot off the press songs for you, amen, and so we want to encourage you to come into the house, into the space, amen, and be a part of this amazing, this amazing worship experience amen because we know god is good and he's a very present help in the time of storm also we want you to mark on your calendar for next sabbath amen next sabbath we'll have our pastoral feedback now i was told to preach a powerful sermon so when you do your feedback you will have some good things to say But we want to uh, make sure that we uh, receive that. Um, it'll come either by way of your email. I'm gonna see, we're going to see if we can get a text out to you. Um, or we'll have a printed copy for you, for you to be able to take the, that pastoral feedback so that we can submit that to the conference and we'll be able to see how well your pastor is or is not doing. Amen. And also, we want to um, just take a time here in a few minutes. Um, this is long overdue. This beautiful box in front. This is our prayer box, but we're using it for our drawing today. But we will be drawing at least four names. Anybody enjoy, remember the revival? I say remember like it was like it was long time ago. Uh, but we had a revival a few weeks ago, and um, the plan was to draw these names out of the individuals. They've taken the, the quiz, the, the test. Some got. We have some straight A students. We have some straight students, and we have some not so straight students. <laughs> but at the end of the day, amen, we all were blessed and honored. Were you blessed at the revival? Come on, can we, were you blessed at the revival, amen? Had an amazing team, an amazing team that helped pull that thing together. Um, and so we want to do that drawing today. And I know it was once said that if you weren't here, if the members weren't here, an individual weren't here, then you know, we wanted them to be in the house to receive it. But we're going to um, scratch that. And whatever four names we pull out of here, those are the names that we will bless. Amen. Amen. With a check. I'm not going to say how much, but it will, be, it will be something that you will be smiling to the to the banquet, amen. Um, and so we'll do that here in a few minutes, but I do want to just take a pause and recognize if we have any guests visiting with us for the first time, any any guests, any family, friends, amen. 
some family home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's, I'm God, glad to see you. Glad that you're here with us and pray that the Lord will bless you tremendously as you worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath. But let's just go ahead and get into this here drawing. Amen. I'm going to take out four names. Amen. Normally I would dig down to the bottom, but we're just going to take, say dig to the, shake it up. Shake it up. Amen. Now they were supposed to put their names on this somewhere. And the first name that we have is Sister Lynette. Amen, Sister Lynette. So we have name number one. I'm going to ask one of my elders to come and draw name number two. Name number two. He pulled his own name. We'll put that back in there. Amen. Name number two. Um... Brother Lee. Amen. Got your name right here. Come see us at the end. Amen. Let's do another drawing here. Let's grab another name, Elder. Dig deep. All right. Let's try this one right here. Okay. This one right here is a, is a, I'm going to say it's a dud. There's no name on here, and we have two answers. I told you, that was that not so straight. <laughs> Pastor Rome, boy, Pastor Rome, calling out the saints like that. Amen. <laughs> not so straight. All right, I'm going to need some help with this one. Um, Elliot. Alvina. Alvina. Amen. So we have your name up here, Sister Alvin. Brother said the wine. One more. One more. Sister Teresa, you mind helping us out here? She used both hands. Trying to get her name out of there. Uh, Gregory Adams. Northside. Okay. Do we know how to reach Gregory? So we'll make sure that we... Get Gregory his gift. Amen. Huh? You know who he is. Okay, we'll get it to him. Amen. Well, we praise God for us. Can we just put our hands together for all of our winners? We have one, two, three, four winners here. Amen. Um, at this time, if you could just bow your heads with me as we offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful, honored, and blessed to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath. As always, it is indeed a privilege to open up our mouths and to bless your name, for you truly are an amazing God. As always, God, without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And so we give you all praise, honor, and glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Forgive us again of our sins, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. to get my mic. Come on, let's put our hands together. Can we worship God in this space today? We're going to pray the Lord will do a 
a lot of feedback up here. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Come on, family. Sing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, family, all day. Have you been singing? Come on. Hallelujah. All day. Come on, family of God. Worship with us. Yes. Giving him all the praise. Hallelujah. All day. Can we say that again? Can we say that one more time? I've been singing. Hallelujah. All day. Oh, yeah. The devil can't stop me. I'm on the road all day long. Hey, since the Lord, I've been singing all day long. I've been singing, come on. I've been singing. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. All day long. All day. I've been singing, thank I've you, been Jesus. Singing. Thank you, Jesus. All day. Hey. Since the Lord. Since I woke me up this morning. Oh, yeah. I've been giving him, him all the praise. praise. I've been singing. Thank you, Jesus. All day. Come on, one more time. I've been singing. I've been singing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All day. All day. Have you been singing? Thank you, Jesus. All day. I've been singing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All day. All day. The devil can't stop me. Come on, y'all. Woke me up this morning. Yes. I've been giving you God. I've been singing. Thank you, Jesus. All day. I've been singing, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you all day. Come on, family, worship with us this morning. I've been singing, Lord, I love you all day. Oh, yes. I'm on the road now. Since God woke me up this morning, I've been giving him the praise. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you all day. Can we say it one more time, Lord? Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you all day. Come on, family, worship with us. I've been singing. Lord, I love you all, all day. day. I took the brakes off. I can't stop Since if I want to. Woke me up hey. this morning. I've been giving him the praise. I've been singing. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you all day. All day. Sing 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Lord, I love you. give a special shout out a birthday celebration to Elder Wellington sure if that number wanted to make its way across the airwaves but we praise God for 60 <laughs> Sixty, amen. Praise the Lord. But you know, when you start hitting sixty and seventy, you wanna, you know, you don't mind telling the world, you know, that God is good. You know, when we were in our thirties and forties, you know, we didn't want nobody to know we were thirty or forty. When you start turning fifty and sixty, you get proud and you thanking God for just another, another birthday, amen. And so we celebrate with you. Before we have our prayer, we do want to bless you with a song. Can we just go in our roller decks and pull out an old, an old familiar? Can we sing happy birthday to Ellen Wellington? anniversaries and birthdays in the month of December. This is a new year. I mean a new month. Uh, not a new year. Not yet. A new month. Um, and so we celebrate all December. Who else is celebrating a birthday in the month of December? Behind us too. 
we have a daughter that's celebrating in, in the month of December. Oh, I didn't do November. Yours was in, in November? Yours was in November? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Alvina. Now that one was special. That one was special. Amen. So we praise God for all birthday. Of of um, November. Amen. Happy birthday. Everybody, but Sister Karen, I just want you to know why that was special for us. Sister Alvina, that one was special. <laughs> but we do celebrate our birthdays and anniversary. Listen, this is the Sabbath. This is the day the Lord has set aside for us to reflect and rejoice. And you know, laughter is good like medicine. And if we can't come to God's house and relax and enjoy our time together, we get all stiff and we can't enjoy this. I mean, what are we really doing? And so it's a blessing to be able to come and enjoy the fellowship and enjoy this time. That's why I, I just don't understand, you know, I don't understand sometimes. But at the end of the day, this is what we do here. And as we gather our hearts and as we gather our thoughts, as we begin to approach God's throne, we know that we serve a God that is amazing, that can do all things. But for, I don't know what each and every one of you are going through, but I guarantee you this, you're going through something. And I don't need to know what that something is because I can't do anything about it anyway. But what I can do is direct you to the one that can. And his name is Jesus. And so as we gather our hearts and as our custom, for those that choose to come close to the altar, we invite you to come. And if you want to stay in your seats and you're around your seat, we ask if you can reverently kneel or bow your heads as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Father and Savior, we are so thankful again for allowing us to come to this place of worship. As always, Father, we do not approach your throne without understanding that we are sinners saved by grace and that we are in need of a Savior. So we invite you now, Father, to partake of our hearts and our minds as we ask you to forgive us of our sins. Oh God, we have messed up throughout this week. We've messed up throughout this day and, and we need your touch over our lives. And so, Father, we give you permission right now to do just that, to take total control over our lives. So, Father, forgive us of our sins and help us to reflect you in everything we say and everything that we do. That wherever we go, Father, your name will be glorified. 
that your name would be the first thing off of our lips in the morning and the last thing on our lips when we lay our heads down to take our rest. For that's just how good you are. You're deserving of a 24-7 praise. And so thank you with our life. Not just this moment on the Sabbath, while we do thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for thinking enough of us to set a day aside for us to reflect on your glory and your greatness. But Father, you also set it aside for us, for our health, for our mental health for our stability, so that we don't work ourselves to an early grave. And so you said, let me help my children out and set up a day just for them to reflect and rejuvenate and replenish. Because the days get hard, the weeks get long. But Lord, it's a blessing to be able to set aside our cares of this world and just to think about your goodness. Oh, you're so amazing and you're so awesome. And so we bless you on this here, your Sabbath day. Father, we have our family and friends that are viewing with us online that we want to say thank you for them. Thank you, oh God, for just allowing them to participate in this service, even online, that they are faithfully chiming in week after week, dedicated to the channel. We thank you so much for our online family. Father, whatever it is that they're dealing with, whatever issues that they are in need, and we're asking that you will stop by each home. You're able to do that because you are the God of the universe, the God of all creation. And you're everywhere at all times. So you're able to speak to their situation and make the crooked road straight. Father, we thank you for those that are here in the physical space. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would do a great work in their lives as well. That you would do whatever it is that would draw them closer to you. Father, we take nothing for granted, but in all things we give thanks. So have your way. Do it now, oh God. Let us not leave here the same way we came. But let us leave it with a newfound love for the things of God, with a desire, a burning desire to follow you all the way. Father, we have individuals that are battling with health challenges, pain in their body, back, neck, leg, arm, all over. Some are battling with cancer. Some battling with COVID. Father, we are asking in the name of Jesus that you would allow your Holy Spirit to sweep the land, heal us of all sicknesses, heal us of all infirmities, Heal us of all things that is not like you. And help us, oh God, as we move forward through this space, that we will walk with the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we also, as we end this prayer time today, we want to say thank you for your Holy Ghost. Thank you, God, for just allowing your Holy Spirit to walk with us and, and just be with us, leading us into all truth. Thank you for your Son that laid his life down on the cross that we may have life in heaven more abundantly. And Father God, we thank you for you, for never giving up on us, for thinking enough of us to send your son, for loving us so much that you sent your Holy Spirit. So Father, Son, Holy Ghost, we say thank you. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. special welcome to our guests in the back back here visiting with us for the first time I believe amen we praise God for you amen God bless you God bless you and God bless you
Good morning, Tabernacle of Praise family. Good morning. And good morning to our family online as well. You know, I really love that song that was playing during prayers. Look how far you've come. Look how far you've come by God's grace. Look how far you've come by God's grace. There is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. All of us only do what we do because of God's grace. And God has brought you so far. Think about where you were at 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. And now look how far God has brought you. If you are thankful to God this morning, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Would you say amen? Amen. Would you say thank you, Jesus? And that is exactly why we're having our December 17th Thank You, Lord, Praise Concert. Because God has done so much for us. And as the song says, you can never beat God giving. Don't matter how hard you try, God's always going to be one up on you, no matter what you give back to him. So the little that we can do on December 17th, by singing praises to God, by giving testimonies to his glory, and by returning an offering, a special thank offering, it's not going to touch what God has already done for you. And it's not going to touch what he is doing for you now. And it's really not going to touch what he's going to do for you in the future. So we want you to be mindful. And we want you to invite your family and friends. December 17th, right here at the top. 11 a.m., invite somebody. It's on our website. It's on Eventbrite. So you can send your friends there to to sign up if you would like. And we have made these special. Isn't that special? Special thank you offering envelopes, which Sister Brenda and the deacons will be passing out after service. Make sure you get one. Make sure you get one to give to someone else as well. Because we want to say thank you, Lord, in voice as well as something tangible. Now, I want to just, uh, I want to ask you this question, too, in terms of stewardship. Uh, Raise your hand if you remember how much the lottery was last month. The big lottery. Not the little 20, 20 million. The big one. You don't have to be scared. I didn't ask if you played. I just asked, do you remember how much? It was 1.3 billion. 1.3 billion as in big dollar, B. Now, do you think the lottery got that money from one person? Did one person go in there and say, here's a 1.3 billion for the lottery to give out? Do you think 100 people gave? 1,000? No, it was millions of people giving $3 each. All it takes is $3 each from a whole lot of people to make a huge difference. It's the very same way God's tithe and offering system is set up. He didn't ask you to take care of this whole church by yourself. He didn't ask me, thank goodness, (laughs) to take care of this church by myself. He just asked all of us to chip in. $3 here, $20 here, $100 there. And when we all work together, it's that teamwork that makes the dream work. 
So God is just asking each of us individually, give as he has given you. 10% tithe and then a generous free will offering. And he's promised you ain't never going to beat him giving. Would our deacons please come forward to lift the morning tithe and offerings? And please remember to get your special thank you offering from uh, Sister Brenda afterward. Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that you give us to return just a little bit of what you have given us in the first place. We ask that you will bless this tithe and offering which has been and is being returned. We ask that you will bless the hands that gave it. And Lord, bless those who had not to give because we know that you are preparing them to be able to participate as well. We ask that you will also bless the online givers. Their offering is just as important as anyone else's, and we thank you for their generosity as well. Bless it to be used for a worthy purpose of spreading the gospel message to this world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, let everyone say amen.
earlier and I say you know you know when there's a will we say when there's a will there's a way see when you have a church full of folk that has a will the devil will play the devil's gonna do whatever he can to try to disrupt and just bring about disruptions and get us at each other's throat but we bigger than that, amen? Come on now. We don't, we don't play those games. We look out for each other. We know that we have, we're in a warfare. Anything can happen. While you're thinking one thing, somebody says something, you got to stop and be like, wait a minute, that's not my sister. My sister don't sound like that. I know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. My brother don't sound like that. My brother didn't say that. There's something else going on behind the scene because I know my sister. I know my brother. I know my family. Amen. And we don't do that. So there's something else going on and we need to get to the bottom of it. As soon as you start digging that little rascal, home, you can't hide. Amen. Realize that it's not your sister, it's not your brother. Nobody trying to take you out. Amen. We love you and we care for you. And so it's our purpose to see that you be great because your greatness is my greatness. Amen. That's how it works. The choir was up here singing, the praise team up here singing. It sounded good, didn't it? Amen. That's a reflection of your church. The musicians over here sounding good. Amen. When they go on the road, amen, they say, that's a part of us. So when they blow up, we blow up with them. Because we're together. That's how it works. That's how it has to work. See, when you attack my family, you're attacking me. We don't do that in here. Amen. That was a note for the enemy. Not nobody in here in particular. That was a note for the enemy. That we are one in Christ. And that we hold each other up. We don't tear each other down. Now we don't do that over here. Amen. Praise God. So I just want to let the enemy know we don't mm, the wrong. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> we have power in here. Amen. This ain't no sipping tea. That's an old, that's an old one right there. Anybody know no, y'all know about that one. Amen. Go Google it. That's a sit. Ain't no sipping tea. But we're going to get into the word here. Praise God for you. If you have your Bibles with you, we want to turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, and we want to read verses 1 through 8. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. When you have it, please stand with me 
um, as we read the word of God in this place this morning. Genesis chapter 6, uh, we want to start with verse 1 and we'll read all the way down to verse 8. Amen. And the Bible says, um, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. said, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. Verse 5 says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 7 says, So the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both men are man and beasts, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Let's read verse eight all together. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Today, I just want us to spend our minds on the topic, a change in trajectory. A change in trajectory. Let us pray. <laughs> Loving Lord, our Father and God and Savior and friend, we are so grateful for everything that you've done and everything that you're doing and everything that you are about to do in the lives of your children. Now, as we spend time in your word, Lord, we can't do this without your spirit, for this is spiritual food that we are feasting on at this moment. And so we need your guidance and your direction. We need your input. We need everything that you have to help us through this passage and through this time together. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commend my spirit in Jesus' name, amen. And amen again. You may be seated. You may be seated. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I remember some years ago, um, a friend of mine was sharing this particular story with me. And she began to talk about how the world at one point was so corrupt and was so messed up that God repented, that it grieved God that he even made us. And it kind of made me think about my relationship with my dad and, and how I must have disappointed him on several occasions, Elder. I know that I've made him feel some kind of way. If the truth be told, I remember as a child, um, as I slept in the basement, my uh, bedroom was right underneath the bathroom, which was connected to their bedroom. And I can clearly hear um, Elder Lee. I can clearly hear my dad up there talking to my stepmom. And, and I can hear the rasp in his voice. And I hear him saying something like, 
I don't know what else to do. Uh, I, I don't know what else to do. And, the, and, and his voice was shaky, and, his, and you can tell that he was in tears, uh, that I have driven my dad to the point where he broke down and cried. And I can just imagine as this story here, I look down, Jesus or God must have looked down and saw that the world, his beloved, his creation, whom he took time out of his schedule, knelt down, grabbed dirt, molded, formed it, breathed life into this dirt. Not only that, but if you think of how the human body is made with the different capillaries and the different nerve system and, and how God was intentional about connecting everything together to make sure that we're able to experience a, the quality of life. I'm talking about even if you get just too close to something hot, your body will let you know. You don't have to necessarily touch it, but if you get so close to it, your body is simply let you know, oh, oh, watch out, danger, danger. These are the nerves and, the, and, and, and you know, how smart the body is. And God himself created us, and now he's looking out over his creation, and he sees that everything that we think about is nothing but evil. Before we get there, we understand here, as our pastor tells us here, and I kind of I toy with it a little bit because, you know, I think about uh, how things were going back then, and the text says here in verse 1, Now it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And I said, wait a minute, what do you mean they began to multiply? You mean they weren't already multiplying? You mean they weren't already replenishing the earth? You mean they weren't already interacting in marriage and having children? You mean this is the start of it all? Well, I had to stop and say, okay, let's use a little bit of common sense. You may not have much, Elder, but at least use some of the common sense that, that you have. No, this isn't the beginning of it. They were already multiplying. They were already interacting in marriage. They were already engaged. We, at this point, men had gotten to the point where they were so corrupt. They were so corrupt that everything about them pointed towards destruction. And they began to interact with each other in such a way that was just, just turned God inside out. The text goes on to say that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. You see, the passage begins with one of the, one of the more confusing sentences in the Bible. This is one of the conversations I remember back in my uh, time of, um, of um, schooling where, where we were sitting in class and there was a lot of conversation about this, this here thing of the sons of God saw that the daughters of men. Yeah. And so when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, that they took wives for themselves and uh, of all whom they chose, anyone I want. Pick up the I just choose one. That's the one I want. Who were these sons of God and daughters of men? Well, I don't want to get too caught up in that because in my study, what I found out is sometimes we can go down a road, a, a, a road uh, that, that God is not intending for us to go down, and we miss what road God wants us to go down. But I do want to take a little time and just spend with this here so that you will leave here understanding, knowing that there was more to the story. Because, see, there are several interpretations out there about this here, sons of God uh, 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 and, and these daughters of men. Because, see, some believe that these sons of God were mere angels since Job 1.6 or even in Psalms 29.1 used this title for them. 
But Jesus told us that angels, and you know how the Bible is, uh, uh, it's going to let you know. You don't have to go very far. You don't have to go get another book. You can stay right here in the word of God because Jesus simply told us that angels neither marry nor give in to marriage. Some believe that the sons of God were kings, sent people in the ancient Near East, often associated with their royal figure, with dignity, with, 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 with divinity. But however... The Bible never talks about it. You see, it's easy for us to draw our own conclusion, uh, come up with our own idea of what something might be. And that's where the danger comes in at, because, see, there's another interpretation, uh, uh, an interesting approach suggests that the sons of God were descendants of Seth, a godly child of Adam and Eve, and the daughters of men were descendants of the evil Cain. You've probably heard it before. But in this view, what happens here was intermarriage across tribal and spiritual lines. But get this, the author of Genesis could have easily made this clear, but yet he didn't. And so I think the clues we need are found in the text immediately surrounding our passage. In other words, scripture intends to be clear and was very clear to its original audience. So we must ask ourselves, what did they understand these words to be? Because see, we're trying to make sense of it from our own, um, uh, from our own advantage point, our vantage point. But we have to understand what was these individuals thinking back in the day. And so Genesis 2 says that God formed man from the ground and women from men. Verse 7 reminds us of that. So calling men the sons of God and women the daughters of men was simply repeating what the readers of Genesis already knew and what the rest of the Bible teaches as well. Man from God, woman from man. Sometimes it just take a moment just to sit back with the word of God for a few minutes and it begin to make sense. But see, when we just hear these things and it sounds so, so wonderful and it sounds so, so deep, angels having sex with women. Oh, that's some deep stuff. Demons. And I must put a pen right there because I want us to understand that we are living in a time where we have cults. And we have a lot of wickedness going on in the land. And so the Bible refers to men as sons of God in nine different places. The text here seems simply to refer to men and women and nothing in these verses ties these sons of God and these daughters of men specifically to the flood that follows. They were simply populating the earth as God had intended them. So the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, and it, 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 it is more accurate to see the sons of God as either demons as I was just talking about, or uniquely demon-possessed men. There was a lot of stuff going on back in the day, and it's easy to get caught up in, 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 this, in this here uh, 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 idea that all of this was going on, and men were just doing what they want to do. So the phrase sons of God clearly refers to angelic creatures when it is used in three other times in the Old Testament. Joel talks about it. The translators of the, uh, of the Septuagint, that's in the, uh, uh, the, the, the five books of the Bible. 
the sons of God as angels. But here it is, Jude 6 tells us of the angels who did not keep their proper de uh, 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 domain but left their own habitation. Jude tells us of this. Jude goes on in Jude chapters in, in, in Jude seven. Uh, uh, Jude seven uh, uh, goes on to tell us that they sinned in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immortality and gone after strange flesh. So let's move on here because we understand and know that God looked out and He saw that everything of man was bent towards evil. Be it demons, be it angels, it, it was all evil to the point that where God had to simply say, I'm sorry that I made these rascals. It breaks my heart to look out and see my son or my daughter living a life that is not the way I trained them or, or raised them. That's not how you were raised. That's not how you were brought up. But yet it burnt God when he looked down and saw his beloved, his children, the ones that he knelt down and breathed life into and saw that everything about them was opposite of him. That is not God. I look at my child and I would like to see some type of resemblance, something to say that this is my child. I don't need a DNA test to verify if that's mine. There ought to be some characteristics of an individual to let you know that that's mine. The way they walk, the way they talk, the way they carry themselves, it ought to be something. But when God looked out and saw man, there was nothing about man that reflected the character of God. And broke God's heart. And now God feels some kind of way. Because I'm looking out here and I see that this is not the intent. This is not the plan that I had for my creation. This was not what I had in mind. I don't know if you ever set out to make plans for something. And as you started the plans and things got rolling. Things began to take a turn. And you stood back and looked and said this is not what I had planned for. And so God's response to this great wickedness, he says, my spirit, my spirit shall not always strive with man. In other words, God did not allow the human race to stay in its rebellious place forever. God said, no, 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 no. This means that there is a point of no return in our rejection to God. God said there is a cutoff point that you can't continue going on down that path forever. There will be a day of reckoning. My spirit will not always strive with you. Continue with the foolishness if you so choose. I just need you to know that there is a day that you will have to answer for it. My spirit will not always put up with that. I know you feel as if because I've given you another day of living, another day of life, that you've done some things, said some things, got involved in some stuff, and that God still blesses you and he still keeps you employed. He still keeps you in good health. He still does those wonderful things for you. But oh, if I could just put you on notice this morning that God's spirit would not always strive with man. That you will have to answer. That you will have to give an account. So God, I mean, he, he lets us know uh, uh, God will not woo us forever. That there is a point where he will say no more. No more. 
I've given you chances after chances. I've given you time after time. I've made it plain. I've made it clear. I did all of these wonderful things to show you my love for you, but you still choose to do your own thing. Because now you're operating out of every intent of man was evil. So now you're operating from a whole nother place. You're not even thinking. You're just responding. You're not even, you're not even taking time out to even rationalize or even consider, does this make sense? Uh, uh, leaving with this, with this rascal today, uh, will I make it back home today? We've gotten to the point where we don't even think anymore. We just, that's my boy. That's my girl. Can't let them down. We're loyal. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of loyal folk in the grave. And there are even more loyal folks locked up. Everything about man was bent towards evil. And it bothered God to the point to where he said, my spirit, my spirit will not always strive with you. So yet, his days will be, the Bible says, 120 years. And see, let me just make it clear because I know some of us think that the lifespan would be 120 years. But no, 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 no. This is not the outside lifespan of man. In other words, uh, 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 but a time left until judgment of the flood. Because see, the flood happened 120 years after this announcement. So God was simply saying, I'm giving you a little time. 120 years. And then something's going to happen. Now, I know I'm looking out here and we all look good. And, you know, that old saying, black don't crack. Uh-huh. But I don't think none of us are going to be around here another 120 years. No man knows the day nor the hour. You know, and I say this all the time. I say no man knows the day nor the hour when the Lord of God, when, when, when Jesus will come. But I want us to take another approach to that thing and say no man knows the day nor the hour when you will check out of here. You don't know. Everybody, you know, you plan events, you plan meetings, you plan time with family, and you never expect a phone call. Something that my family is well acquainted with. A couple years ago, we were at home, spending time, and the phone rang. Never would have expected. No man knows the day nor the hour. God said, I'm giving you a little time here. So the text reminds us, God lets us know uh, that I'm going to help you along the way. Because even in God's judgment, there is love. Even in God's judgment, there is love. You see, God goes on, and the text goes on to tell us, that, uh, our, our, our text proceeds that, that, that we move quickly uh, from confusion to clarity, from ancient history to the experiences today, because verse 5 comes out that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the very intentions of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continually. So God reads our minds. God knows our thoughts. He knows how sinful that we can be. He knows that we don't put our thoughts into our actions because of legal restraints and fear of being caught. We, we, we don't think like we should. We don't move like we should. We don't respond like we should. We just do stuff simply because it either sounds good, smells good, feel good. Uh, uh, this is a popular thing going. And so I just want to 
get on board with the latest fad and we're not realizing that the train that you're on is heading straight for a cliff. Oh, but because your boy's on there, because your girl's on there, because it's the latest fad, it's the latest tradition, this is what we do. And we get in there and we take our seat and not realizing that we're headed for destruction. Headed for destruction. But oh, this is what we do. And everything about man's heart was evil. But now God reads our minds. He understands our thoughts. So I think about our thoughts. Think about your thoughts for a moment. You will see what God sees every moment of every day. Just think about your own thoughts. Just think about what you think about. You see, we can't see each other's thoughts. Not praise God for that. Because there have been moments when I thought some things. Come on now, I ain't know I ain't by myself. See, one thing about me, I, listen, I'm trying to get to heaven. I know I mess up sometimes. I know I've fallen short. And I go crying to God, I did it again, God. I never want to appear to be so holy, so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. I need you to understand and know that I need Jesus just as much, if not more, than you. So me standing up here preaching and teaching and talking is not just for me to get up here and get some kind of glory. No, no, if I could be doing something else, let you know I would. But I'm not here by choice. I'm here because God got his hands on me and I don't know what else to do. Even if I don't feel like doing it, I do it, and I do it with love. I do it with passion. I do it with excitement. I do it with such vigor because I understand the God that I serve. Yes, if I, you ask me to do something else, God, I'll be more than happy to do it. But every time I say it, that, uh, just letting you know, every time I try to, uh, I, I say it, that I'm saying it, I'm saying it in a way, Lord, you know, you, you give me something else, I wouldn't be mad. But he said, no, I'm leaving you right there where you at. Because I say it all the time, this is not normal for me. This is not, I'm, I, you know, I get nervous up here. I, I'm wondering, Lord, am I going to say something wrong? Am I going to mess it up, Jesus? Lord, I don't want to get up here and lead the folk the wrong way. Don't you know that there is a responsibility that lies on the shoulders of a pastor when it comes to leading the people of God? We get phone calls. We're dealing with women, single women. We're dealing with all kinds of stuff. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be caught up in nothing. So, Lord, if you move me out of this and just give me a job somewhere else, I'll be all right. And the Lord said, you know, you can get caught up in something over there too, son. So you might as well just stay right here where you at. Because this is where the favor is. This is where the glory is. This is where the anointing is. Amen. We get so, you know, we, 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 can, we can move out from under the anointing and go doing something else that God did not call you to do, that God did not place in your path to do. But because you're running from what God is calling you to do, that you're going to do your own thing and you end up in something in a world of a mess because you done got caught up in something that if you had been doing what God called you to do, if the stuff showed up, he would have covered you. How do I know? Because I've walked it. I've lived it. I've done it. That's why I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, they say you live and you learn. And you mess up like I've messed up. It's like, well, if I'm nervous, I'm getting up here shaking knees and all. Lord, this is your word, and, if you, and it's not about me, but it's about you. And if this is what you want me to do, then, Lord, it's on you. It's not on me. Well, he wasn't prepared, or he wasn't, oh, well, hey. 
You need to go talk to God about that one. He broke all kind of verbs. He just, uh, he don't, he's not pastoral. Oh, well, hey, I didn't go to a pastoral class to learn how to be pastoral. I learned how to read the text. <laughs> the classes I took helped me through some um, exegesis. It didn't teach me how to walk right. It didn't teach me how to not sin. The classes I took and paid all that money for didn't teach me how to be faithful to my wife. And how to respect the people of God. They tell you, you know, love the, love the people. Okay, how do you do that? When they coming for your family. How do you do that? When they lying on you. How do you do that? When they got all kind of stuff calling the conference on you. How do you love somebody like that? Oh, they don't teach you that in class. But God said, this is where I need you to be. And I said, well, Lord, this is where you need me to be. Then this is where I'm going to be. Because I stepped out of your wheel too many times. And I found out, Lord, that it's better to stay in your will with the drama than out of your will with the drama. <laughs> because no matter where you're standing on this earth, drama. <laughs> it's drama. And so God said, let me finish this up here because I need us to understand that every thought of man was messed up. It was just gone. Then the text closes out with this in verse 8. It says, but great wickedness in the days of Noah. But the text goes on to say, Jesus said, in the days of Noah, uh, here in verse 5, verse 5, the text says, Then the Lord said that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was worried, was, was um, sorry that he made man on the earth and was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, this is what I'm going to do. Here it is right here. I will destroy them. This is God's solution to this problem. See, and I'm going to put a pin right there because, see, that's our solution to a lot of our problems, too. We figure if we destroy it, if we abort it, if we quit, if we resign, if we move to another city, if we do all of these things, then that's going to make it better. But here it is. God said, I'm going to destroy them whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both men, both man and beast, creeping things, birds of the air, and of, for I am sorry that I have made them. But here it is, verse 8. But Noah. Uh-huh. Y'all missed it right there. Boy, I got excited right there. But Noah. This is the change. And trajectory right here. Because no matter how upset God was, no matter how disappointed God was, um, no matter how ticked off God was, the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let me help you out right there because many of us looking at me like, how does that fit, um, Pastor? How, was that, how, does, how, how does that coincide? Well, let me tell you something here. You know, if just because, let, let, let me see. Uh, okay, just because uh, uh, you run from a problem over here don't mean that you won't be faced with a problem over there. In other words, my mama told me this a long time ago. I remember when I was young and I left Indianapolis and I moved um, out of state and, 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 and things were going really, really well for me and I was doing really, really good and, 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 and things was just so wonderful and, and, and I told my mama that everything was just so good. She said, well, son, you do know that the same thing you did there, 
you could have done here. That you didn't necessarily have to leave all the way across the country to quit drinking. Now, yeah, I get it. My environment, some of us will say that. Well, so, uh, Pastor, you know, your environment. Well, guess what? You didn't have to go to that environment. You know, I had friends that didn't drink and smoke. I could have hung out with them. I chose. There was a choice that I made. Because I felt like it was better over there. I felt like I had a little bit more fun over there. I felt like, you know, going out here and getting in trouble was fun. It was risky. And we'll laugh as we're running down the street with stuff in our hands and we're just feeling good about life. We didn't just mess up somebody's life, but yet we're running down the street laughing. That's why we ask the question, how is it that you can kick somebody when they win and take their stuff and you're not thinking about the lives that you just disrupted? Going through schools and shooting up folk, not realizing the lives you just disrupted. You see, when you're out there in a sinful world and everything about you is evil continually, your thoughts, I have a friend of mine, told me one day, he said, he said, John, he said, man, I lay down in the bed at night and I can't sleep sometime because I'm up thinking about how can I pull off my next job? Literally planning. That's his thought. He's laying there trying to figure out, okay, if I do this or do that. Everything about him was bent towards evil. But God said, but no one. But no one. You see, it's always something with God. You see, that's how much God loves us. He said, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how messed up your situation is, I need you to know that I will always love you with an everlasting love. So the Lord was sorry that he made Noah, that he, that he made man. He was grieved in his heart. Every intent, every thought of man's heart was only evil continually. And all of this was going on in the land. Jesus said, as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, uh, the conditions of the world before the coming of Jesus will be like the conditions of the world right before the flood. In other words, there will be exploding population. We look around our country now and we see the exploding population. Sexual perversion, we see that all over the land. Demonic activities, you see that all over the land. Constant evil in the heart of men. All of this widespread corruption and violence all over the land. How is it that we can get to this point where we can take somebody's life and it doesn't bother us? Now Jesus said, you're going to experience all this right before I come. And so the Lord was very sorry. God's sorrow at man and the grief in his heart are striking. Uh, this doesn't mean that, 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 that creation was out of control. Oh, no, no, no. Nor does it mean that God hoped for something better but was unable to achieve it. No, 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 no. God knew all along that this was how things would turn out. This was not a surprise to God. God wasn't caught off guard by this. But our text clearly tells us that as God sees his plan for the, uh, for the ages unfold, it affects him. So God is not, unfeel is not unfeeling in the face of human sin and rebellion. God felt something. 
And he sees that my plan is going awry. I knew it was going to happen. I knew they were going to mess up. I knew they were going to do all of this. Just like he looked out at you and I when he brought us into, the, into this existence. He said, I know she's going to mess up. I know he's going to cheat. I know she's going to lie. I know he's going to be disrespectful. I know all of this stuff. But yet and still, I'm going to breathe life in you. That's why we got to be kind to each other. That's why we have to be loving to each other. There's no big eyes or little U's in here. At the foot of the cross, it's level. That's why we got to be respectful to one another. And when stuff jump off, we got to stop, take a pause. Don't get all in your feelings. You don't have no feelings. What do you mean? He made me mad. Ain't nobody made you. Only God, your creator. He the one made you. You allowed them to get you mad. Somebody make you nothing. We get all caught up and twisted and bent out of, I ain't coming back. Well, you know, okay, I almost said it. Don't come back. <laughs> Amen. Because up in here, we folk right here up and say, we folk, we folk in here, we trying to go to heaven. And if you being in here is going to hinder that, then be gone. Please do us all a favor. Because we're trying to see Jesus even in our imperfection. We say, God, you will cover us. Because there is no way that we're going to clean ourselves up. We talk about, I got to get to be a certain way before Jesus. You can't get right without Jesus. You're trying to be loving without Jesus. I'm trying to eat right without Jesus. I'm trying to walk right without Jesus. I'm trying to live without Jesus. You can't do it without Jesus. You need Jesus. So what needs to happen is you need to stay connected to Jesus even in your imperfections. So when he comes, he'll look at you and say, that's my daughter. She didn't leave me when it got tough. That's my son. He didn't turn his back on me when everybody else turned their back on him. That's my child child who sacrificed family and friends and careers and did all of that stuff up just so they could be with me. That's my child. It's my child. So even though we mess up, God said it's okay. I know you're going to mess up. You're still in this sinful body. So if you lie, I'm not saying go out here and lie and act a nut. No, that's not what I'm saying. Don't you leave here. Talking about pastor gave me permission to act a fool. No, he did not. The heavens are being recorded right now. Write it down, Gabriel. I did not say that you have permission to go out here and act a plum fool. What I'm saying is, is that God understands when we mess up. <laughs> I'm trying to, well, you know, Lord, I need help in that area because, I, you know, I, sometimes I have to just pull aside. I have to pull aside because you have to understand that God loves us so much that he's not just loving me, he loves you too, and I have to keep that in mind. So when I get to a point where somebody says something or do something, I have to stop and say, Lord, that's your child too. That's your child too. That's your son too. And here it is, family of God, even if they're not in the church, God died for them too. Your supervisor, yep, mm -hmm, he sure did, died for them too. Your neighbor that keep blowing leaves in your yard, mm -hmm, yep, guess what? Die for them too. <laughs> yep, that person that just cut you off on the way here to church and you were singing your Jesus song and then they took you out the spirit, guess what? Mm -hmm, he died for them too. 
And so we have to understand, we have to understand that God is working, that God's work is not just limited to you. And it's so easy to get caught up. But Noah, let's get back to Noah. I know my time. I know I'm so excited about this because, and I'm, and I'm still nervous, just so you know. Just so you know. But Noah <laughs> found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see, while God commanded all the earth to be cleansed and, and, uh, of this pollution, he found one man. He found one man. Oh, my Lord, thank you, God. He found one man with whom to begin again. And if I can ask you, can God look through this congregation with just the twos and the fews of us, can God come through here and say, there is one? If I was to shut it down and start it over again, is there one? And Noah has such favor over his life. Notice, no, notice, he said, and God saw Noah. And because of Noah, the favor on Noah is spewed over to his children. See, so, so, so your favor, your blessing is not confined to just you. And so that's why we can't get high mighty. Because God said what I'm giving you is not just for you, but it's for you to be a blessing to the nations. So when God give you a gift, be it a financial gift, be it a, a gift of song, be it a, a gift of hospitality, whatever that gift is, is not a gift solely for you. Because every gift that God gives is a gift to edify the body of Christ. God just give you something for you to keep to yourself. I ain't singing today. Okay, lose your voice. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. You know, I, you know I, I, would, I would go to that church over there, but you know. Okay, keep playing. Keep playing. You're playing with God. You're playing with God. And that's just the real. Because everything God does, keep in mind, family of God, it is to edify the body of Christ. So when God gives you a gift, it's not just because he loves you so much and you're just so special. No, he gave you that gift so you can go and bless somebody else to help them to be a blessing to somebody else so they can be a blessing to somebody else. And this is how we grow the kingdom of God. God said, I'm giving it to you so you can go and tell somebody else about how good I am. And so Noah, in the midst of all that was going on, uh, it, it was, it, uh, all that was happening, all that was unfolding, all that was going on, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah didn't earn it. He didn't find it. No one, no, one, no, no, no one came and gave it to him. But we can all simply say that Noah, what God saw in Noah was what God saw in Noah. It wasn't Noah was doing something special, something miraculous. Noah was just simply being Noah. You see, we understand this. You know how I know? Because the Bible tells me so. You see, he was raised, Noah raised his family during a time of extreme wickedness. Noah, yes, he did. No, no, all this stuff was going on, and Noah still stayed true to God, raised his family in extreme wickedness. He raised his family during a time of extreme violence. He raised his family during a time when God and his ways were being ignored and Noah stayed true to the God that, he, that created him he raised his family against the backdrop of an impending judgment of God Noah didn't stray 
Noah raised his family during extremely difficult times. And yet, in spite of all this, Noah made certain that nothing will come between him and his God. So God expanded this favor to the rest of mankind because of Noah. And now what God had once started out doing has now been changed. So I was going to just destroy all y'all and just say be just. But then I saw Noah. Then I saw Miss Robinson. Then I saw Sister Smith. Then I looked out there and saw Elder. Then I looked out there and saw the deacons. And God said, I cannot destroy this world when I look out there and see my deacons suited and booted. When I see that my elders are tip-topping up to it. When the praise team is clicking on all cylinders, I can't destroy them now. I cannot destroy them now when they have come together. When I look out there and see just one, it may just be one. But his heart was so, was so loving and and so moved that God said, I can't, I can't, I can't because of one. So seeing God said, I cannot, I cannot destroy the world. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The word favor simply means acceptance or grace. You see, when we use when used of God, favor towards man, it means he undeserved favor. We don't deserve it. Noah did not earn favor with God. He found favor. He was just as much a sinner as his contemporaries. The difference was Noah was willing to accept God's view of his own sin and turn from that sin to God. And the results was a, was a righteous life. But here it is. Just like God said, I see one. God looked down again and saw the world was back at it again. He said, now I need to do the same thing. But this time I can't find one. I can't, I can't, I can't find one. I'm looking down through the time from, from the flood uh, 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 and I can't see one. So I'm going to have to send one. And God said, I'm going to send my son down there. Since I can't find one, I'm going to now send one. And he sent his son down here to die for you and me. But this time, he said, even though they may mess up, the one that I'm sending them will cover it. Even though they may, we may find ourselves like in the days of Noah, back with all of the, the unrighteousness, back in the days when there was a lot of violence, back in the days when the world was being populated. Now, this time, even though I may not find one, I will be able to send one, and the one that I send will cover it all. And that one that he sent, his name is Jesus. And so God said, don't you worry about it. I've sent one for you. I sent you a child by the name of Jesus. And he said, whoever come unto me, he said, I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Come unto me. And the sad thing is, family of God, we're living in a time where men and women still refuse to accept the one that God sent. And the condition of this world and the trajectory of this world, where God said, I'm giving you a change and your trajectory. You may be in this bad situation. I'm giving you a change right now. You may be in an abusive relationship. He said, I'm giving you an, an, a, a change right now. He said, you may be left without a friend. I want to change that for you today. I want to give you a new attitude. I want to give you a new look on life. I want to let you know that what I have in store for you, uh, what the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. Because I'm going to implement a new trajectory in your life. But you must first come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Jesus is standing by today. And he's simply saying, come. Come unto me. Let me, let me change the trajectory of your life. I started out one way, but I have something else in store for you. He says, I know you, I know you, I know you had plans. I know, I know you had good intentions. And it seemed like life dealt you a hand that, that you couldn't refuse. And, and you played that hand. And now you realize that you, the hand that you played was a dud. It looked good at first until the game got to be played. Then life started happening. And then you realize, I need more. I need more. And God is simply saying, I am that more. But if you want the trajectory of your life to change from bad to good and even great. Jesus is saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the one. If you're here today and you haven't made your calling an election, sure, remember that 120 was not a year or age limit it was just a matter of years that they had to get it right. And you know how the story goes. After 120 years, the floodwaters came. He's coming back. He's coming back. Is there one? Is there one? We're about to close. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Lord, Father God, as always, I pray that something was said that drew hearts closer to you. For you truly are an amazing God. Without you, Father, we can do nothing. We can't even think a thought without you. So, Father, we are asking that you would just come on in here today. You see our hearts, you see our minds. You know what we need. We all in here, we may have our relationship right with you. 
again. We may need some work done. You know what we need. Step in. Make the crooked road straight. And we'll be ever so mindful to give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Pass another amen for that beautiful message. Changing trajectory. Amen. Amen. As the song says, as you go, tell the world about Jesus. Tell them about his love. Tell them about the change in trajectory that you have made. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this message, Lord, that was given by the pastor. Lord, we pray that we will see you, Lord, and we will keep our hearts and minds stayed upon the cross, Lord Jesus. Bless us and keep us, Lord. Keep us under the grace. Keep us under your strength and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you go.